Wow, that doesn't work. None of those pieces will do me any good. Hang Neither tight. Either. Hang tight. Stand by. Sorry. Nope. Can't place that. Can't place that. Can't place that. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 Can I take a green instead of a white? Yes. Done. Oh. Welcome to Which Game First, where we boldly explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we put Tetris on attack as we stake our territory in Blockus. Next up, even more Tetris fun, but this time with bears in Baron Park. And lastly, do you have a working TV set on top of a non-working TV set? Then you might be playing Redneck Life. I'm your host, Celeste DeAngelis. Now let's meet the rest of our brave and intrepid panel. Hi, I'm Evan Bernstein. I threw some Tide Pods. Therefore, I am a podcaster. Hi, I'm Ed Povolitis, and I've installed the latest skills off. And now I know Kung Fu. I'm Joe Onfried, and I'm so excited about the games this week. I can't wait to play Baron Jaeger. Hi, I'm Mike Grenier, and there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Uh, and bears. Hey, Evan. Yeah. Have you ever posted an Apple Podcast review? Well, I once posted a review of a banana podcast. Does that count? Uh, kinda? <laughs> uh, anyway, it's a super easy thing to do. If you get which game first through Apple Podcasts, just give us a little review there. It really helps everyone else find the show. Oh, I can't wait to start posting Apple Podcast reviews. <laughs> it's a completely free way to help us grow the podcast. And thanks in advance. Thank you. Our first game up this week is Blockus, designed by Bernard Taviton, published by Mattel Games in 2000. Number of players, two to four, ages seven and up. Runtime, 30 minutes. Let's start with Evan. What did you think? Do you like Tetris? Good, because this game is anti-Tetris. Ah. Ed, how about you? Can you outblock your opponent? Oh. Mike? After much debate and the use of the mystical interweb device, we discovered that the name of this game is Blockus, not Blocus. But was it worth all the research? <laughs> Joe? I think my first experience with this game was about two years ago. I've, I've liked this game for quite a while now. Mm. And, you know, my favorite part of Blockus was the sensory delight of it. Tactically, visually, and audibly. But before we get into it, Joe, tell us a little bit about how it's played. Blockus is a game for two to four, widely recommended for two or four. Uh, you must place as many of your pieces on the board as you can, but you must follow the rule. On the first turn, the piece you place must fit over your corner space. Uh, and on every other turn, the piece you place must touch another of your pieces corner to corner, but never edge to edge. And there are no such limitations and how your pieces touch those of your opponents. Blockus pieces may never be stacked, and the segmented indentations on the board have probably prevented thousands, if not millions, of disasters from the inadvertent jostling of snack bowls or mischievous cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do snap in really nice. Um, some other game designers of more modern games, and I'm talking to you, Terraforming Mars, could really have benefited from a little uh, click-in action on their, on their uh, game boards. Celeste, you talked about the uh, how it sounded. You liked the sensory delight of the sounds that, that it makes. And so It does make that satisfying clickety-clack, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It's that plastic-on-plastic plastic sound that I just can't get enough of. 
It's an interesting observation. I had not thought about how the game sounded. We play so few games that in which the pieces themselves make any kind of significant noise. Oh, can't do that. Nope. Oh, oh, I see. Can't go there, can't go there. I have to go north. Yeah, I usually look for that kind of sound uh, in a game with coins. Right. I really liked all the tactile elements of this game. To me, the, the pieces were a little bit too small. Interesting. Well, Ed, I'm glad you bring this up because <laughs> there is a very elusive game called Giant Blockus. Ooh, Blockus, but bigger. Blockus. <laughs> yes. I don't think it actually has more pieces or more board spaces. I think it's actually just a larger board with larger pieces. Ed, they designed it for you. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so the problem with Giant Blockus is Nobody can seem to find it. Of all the different Blockus versions there are out there, uh, that is the most elusive. Is it a myth? Is it like chasing a unicorn? It's like Bigfoot, Big Blockus. (laughs) (laughs) It might be. It might be. There's not a lot online, but if anybody has one, I would love to hear about it. And send us your pictures, too. I would have to guess that since it's bigger, it probably has a bigger footprint and gaming stores are like not wanting to waste the precious space they have on the shelf for that. And probably costs more to ship, too, and all that. I like the size of the board. I think it's good for little kids, the the size of the pieces and everything. It's fine. Well, not real little kids because there's definitely a choking hazard situation there. I almost choked on a piece when I tasted it. So <laughs> Yeah. Evan, you're really bad at tasting the game pieces all the time. Why do they all look like candy? Stop it, people. <laughs> They're trying to entice you. <laughs> I mean, it's working. <laughs> what, what would you suggest they look oh. like to entice you without looking like candy? You know, what it looks like is it's a, it's a classic Hershey bar shape it's broken into squares and and each square itself has its own little edge to it you know you can break it apart in different squares and different configurations (laughs) the reptile part of my brain says eat that that's candy (laughs) and you're still alive how old are you (laughs) evan this whole thing is starting to sound like something you might want to bring up with your therapist (laughs) you were denied candy when you were little and now you can't get enough (laughs) i came across a story on the Board Game Geeks forums, uh, dated 2011, posted by Jay Little was the name, on the subject of therapeutic gaming. While trying to regain the use of his right hand and arm following a heart attack and stroke, he played blockers with his occupational therapist. He had uh, trembling and weakness and, and, and things, but by the game's end, uh, that the OT agreed that it allowed him to practice you know, larger gross motor coordination skills with larger pieces at closer sections of the board and would slowly work up to the finer motor skills you know, of smaller pieces farther away. Is Blockus a miracle game? Well, uh, no, I wouldn't say that. I suppose you could... Is, possible to accomplish this with any game that you know entails moving pieces around but it's important to remember how abstract blockus is so blockus has therapeutic qualities to it on top of everything else i think any kind of movements you do that you're more interested in doing are probably better for therapy but i'm not a therapist so (laughs) (laughs) it's just general strategy facial recognition and pattern recognition i'm sure i had benefits for that too so what you get with Blockus, though, is whenever you have a game that involves squares, you your brain instantly sort of goes to, okay, I want to make patterns out of these squares and stack them up into, you know, we've been taught since childhood, you stack blocks and you make arrangements and stuff. 
But this game, like I said in the beginning, was anti-Tetris. You have to stop thinking that way. Mm-hmm. And like Joe said, you have to think more abstractly. You can only connect your pieces through the corners. You can only match up corners. You can't put one on top of the other. And it very much goes against your sort of classic, uh, the, the way your brain works when it comes to these sorts of shapes. Well, what you're, what you're really trying to do, yeah, you're trying to reach out and capture territory in a way. I mean, I think your key strategy here is to try to set yourself up to race towards the center and block off uh, as many opponents as you can from getting into your territory. While the same way, trying to sneak into your their territory and play stuff. Yeah, my strategy for Blockus, my recommendation would always be spread out as fast and as far as you can. Yeah, the online strategies kind of say something similar to that. Put your big pieces out as early as you can. Try to get towards the center of the board so you can own a little more territory faster. You can teach this game in five minutes or less, and you can get started and you can be finished with the game in 20 minutes and feel satisfied. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, the game is pretty easy to learn, although I didn't get quite the same satisfaction of holding the pieces and hearing them click in as you did. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't exactly call it therapeutic in that way. This game has been very popular. It's been out for a long time. It's mass marketed by a big game company, and so naturally it had a bunch of different versions. So when I was researching it, I did see some interesting other Blockuses. The one of my favorites was Blockus Trigon because it has such a great name. It's got a hexagonal board. Does it come with action figures? It sounds like it fights Godzilla or something. Yeah. Blockus Trigon. She said it comes with a hex board. Oh. Yep, it comes with a hexagonal board. I love hexes. Why it's not called Blockus Hexgon, I don't know, but it's Blockus Trigon because I think the pieces themselves are a grouping, groupings of triangles. And Blockus 3D, where you go up. So. Oh, no. Serious. <laughs> <laughs> and Blockus to go, which is a snap-in pieces, so they connect with the board and stay put, and you can close the case. And then Blockus Duo, which is designed just for two people, because a lot of complaints uh, about this game are that it says two to four, but really it's two or four. Three is very clunky. That's because the board is square and you're trying to give people an even starting spot. Online uh, at (laughs) FunkyPotato.com. You can play an online version of Blockus. So if you want to see how it plays before you buy one, you can get it there. Although you'll miss out on all the sensory stuff. So, you know, because it's also really popular, a really popular game, it was published in a lot of different countries. And do you guys remember when we talked about Quicks and how they had a lot of those dancing adverbs where they'd say, simply smart and, you know, smartly simple. So this one, it was funny because it had, this one had the same thing going on. Blockus, I was looking at the advertisements in other countries. And for example, the Polish one said, on the side of a bus, mind you, it was advertised ingeniously simple and simply ingenious. <laughs> <laughs> so the adverbial suffix like switches partners. It's like it's like an adverbial square dance. The adverbial, yeah. square, dance. <laughs> adverbial square dance. You heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> oh. Okay, it's time to decide whether or not to dig up or bury Blockus. Mike, how about you? I'd like to try it again and maybe try a different strategy than I did last time. Uh, Not sure how it would last in the long run, but for now, I'll dig it up. Evan, how about you? It's a simple family game. It's abstract. Oh, and I finally found a word that rhymes with sprockets. So dig it up. Ed, how about you? 
Uh, the game is simple with enough interesting choices to play. Uh, the game doesn't really grab my interest though, so I'm thinking in the long run I'll have fun playing other stuff. But for now, since I had fun, I'll dig it up just for that reason. Joe, how about you? What are you going to do? Bury this? Get out of here. Dig it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that this abstract game keeps it abstract. So I'm definitely saying dig it up. Joe, where can you find it? Basic version of Blockus is available at Targets, Kohl's, and Walmart and other retailers, ranging from $13 to $20. And if you have thoughts about Blockus, please let us know. We are at Which Game First on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next game up this week is Bairn Park, designed by Phil Walker-Harding, published by Lookout Games and Mayfair Games in 2017. Number of players, 2 to 4, ages 8 and up, runtime, 30 to 45 minutes. Joe, what do you think? This game is tile placement with all that entails, mostly trying to be efficient in where you put things. Uh, But don't forget, there are a lot of races going on. Evan, how about you? Think less Blockus and more Tetris in this spatial reasoning game. Mike, how about you? No lions, no tigers, just bears. Oh my, in a beautiful park. (laughs) And Ed? No, koalas aren't bears, but they're so cute, so we couldn't leave them out of this game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Phil Walker-Harding couldn't leave it out, so yeah, another Tetris-y game. But this one has theme for days, and along with that, a whole bunch more rules. But before we find out if the story is worth the price of admission, Ed, tell us a little bit about how it's played. Bear Park, it's the next big thing. In order to be successful, you must skillfully fit together enclosures, animal houses, and green areas, and use every available inch of your land. Animal houses and enclosures are worth points, and are more valuable if you build them quickly. Construction queues let you claim more land to build onto. On your turn, you must place one tile. If you cover any icons with your placement, you gain the indicated benefits. If you fill in a park area, you get to place the highest value beer statue in the pit space. If you couldn't place the tile, you pass, gaining a free green area. And when one player fills their park, the game is over, and the player with the most points wins. Did you guys think that the theme was significant enough to the rules and gameplay? Well, I found it more engaging than, uh, say, Blockit for me. I certainly thought it was. I don't think bears need a park. <laughs> Actually, the German bear parks aren't primarily amusement centers. They're, they're mostly about providing better homes for wild animals, particularly wolves and bears, who have already lived in captivity. Oh, so there's not people gawking at them and stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if they are, they're from a distance. They're not exactly right (laughs) there in the park with them. I mean, do the people landscape the park for the bears? Enclosures are now the the term they use for, like, wide spaces they use for the people living. Rather than putting the animals in a cage, they actually give them an enclosure, which has a simulation of the environment that they would live in. I mean, it's easy to get the impression, you know, online that Germany has got, you know, a bear park in in every town, and they, they... I mean that's 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 not the case. They just uh, there's not that much open like wilderness type territory in Germany. But there's uh, they just built one in the Black Forest, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's really more about conservation. So I feel like I'm doing my part by playing this game. Yeah, barn park bit. raising oh, yeah. awareness on bear conservation <laughs> in Germany. Yeah, <laughs> and it's such a cute way to do it too. If oh, only yeah. they put that on the front of the box <laughs> <laughs> or the side of a bus. Yeah, yeah, you get a whole bunch of environmentalists playing the game. Although it is made out of a lot of cardboard, so maybe not. Yeah, let's talk about the pieces and the look of this game. So this, the look of the game is 
definitely going for adorable, right? Mm -hmm. So it's got that bright, colorful cartoon style that you might see in like a Where's Waldo book. The pieces are all shaped like Tetris shapes, and they're all cute and attractive with cute little bears. And it supplies the entire explanation about the presence of koalas in the game, which are not at all (laughs) environmentally suited for life in Europe. Yeah, that's the only reason to put a marsupial into the the bear game. (laughs) (laughs) So as you try to build pieces into your board, you're trying to go for those high uh, victory point pieces. I had trouble with that, Um, and I'm not sure why. How did you guys find that? I mean, I, I did kind of plan to grab the uh, icon that can cover that would allow me to grab their pieces quicker. And, and you also have to complete one of your cards, one of your four area cards first, so you can place a statue in the last remaining hole. And you have to do that as fast as you can, so you can because this, the first statue is worth the most victory points, the second statue, then next, and so on. And I think uh, I personally would recommend the... Uh, the expert variant in there to have achievements where you pick three random goals out of 10 possibilities and they'll give you something else to achieve for. Like um, the first one to get three polar bear enclosures would get eight points. So they'll give you different goals to choose from each game and make the game a little bit more variable each time you play Well, it. you said random. Is it random or choose? Because choosing I like. Random, I don't know that that would help much. They actually say to choose, but I think I probably would do it random. Oh, my preference would definitely be choose. And because there's 10 different possibilities, so you can just make it a different game every time you play. And a lot of people online, I would agree that uh, you should play with the this variant because it makes the game more interesting and variable. That sounds better to me too, Ed. I think I would have been more engaged had I been able to choose a victory path myself, because it would have given me a sense of proprietary, you know, proprietary sense to the game, and I think that would have engaged me better. So yeah, that sounds like a good alternative. I think it also has enough strategy to get by on too. Like I, by looking at the box, I thought it was going to be a cute little Tetris game, but the, the different amount of strategies you can take was impressive. I think that the theme definitely significantly informs the rules in this case. So I liked that about it. I'm truly surprised at how much I enjoyed playing a game involving victory points that didn't have an obvious counter on the board that was constantly visible to everyone. I was surprised at how much I liked this. I found it a relief. Another thing I wanted to touch down with the cover art was uh, done by Clement Franz, who's famous for the distinctive art style done on classic games such as Agricola, and La Hava. Uh, his uh, cover style is fairly famous in the board game in the world. His look to me seems very genial. I mean, even the bear, you know, looks like he's ready to be like, hey, guy, what's going on? <laughs> well, his, his cover is not only on, on a top, but they wrap over it to the side. So when you put it up like a book, you can actually see a series of like pictures on the side. Oh, so this is good for shelfies. Very good for shelfies, yes. <laughs> so playing the game was also cool, not just looking at it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's a great looking game. All right, next game. <laughs> so it has a little bit of that frustration of if you make your first couple moves in a way that, that doesn't support you later on, you get really frustrated. 
I, I found myself very frustrated with my boards. I liked the idea that as you go through the game, you get to build up to four boards. So you start with a little small board, which is nice. I think that's a clever idea. You only have to think about a quarter of the game, right? Because you're going to get four of these boards. So I like that. But I did feel that pain of like, oh man, I don't know what I'm doing. And I picked the wrong piece and now I'm totally screwed. I liked the way the board was laid out with construction people on it and in a couple of the spaces required you to know a special rule for placement there. It was okay. Um, It it definitely felt organic enough, but it, it, it didn't grab me. Now, something you alluded to was that the game has a nice way of building slowly, you know, like you get the one board and you start to learn how it all works and then you kind of add to that. So, you know, teaching the game is 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 pretty easy because you can learn it as you play it. I I really thought this game is very easy to teach because I even got my mom to be able to play it and she picked it up really quickly. No, whenever you cover an icon, you get what the icon said, you turn real simple, play the tile and then get what you get what you cover. That's the rule. What did you think about the quarter uh, build, Evan? It's nice because you have some options there as far as how to lay out your park overall. So you can choose sort of a strategy in that sense that you think is going to work best for you. It felt rushed to me. It felt like, ah, if I even take an extra minute to learn here, I'm going to lose out on that there. So maybe it was because we played with four players, things rushed off the board and it doesn't go so fast with two. I don't know. Well, with two players, there would be fewer pieces in the supply. Yeah, they scale it for the number of players. Me and Ed played this just one-on-one at one point. What do you think is better, Ed? Because you've played it with uh, four and two. Uh, I think it plays with all the player counts fairly well. I mean, I prefer the four players because I think there's more variety in what players are doing. But I think it still works head-to-head as well. Yeah, I enjoyed it head-to-head. I thought it was good. Although I would have liked to see what a third player, what kind of monkey wrench that would have thrown into it. Well, to me, playing with four, it felt like, hurry, 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 hurry. Wait, wait, wait. I don't know what to... Oh, geez, I placed that wrong. (laughs) You know, it's... (laughs) One of my problems, too, is I'm I'm the kind of person that either wants, A, the epic win, so I want to get the biggest, (laughs) chunkiest piece, most valuable on the board, uh, to my detriment of actually winning, or I want to make the park look really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like a a lake would be terrible over here. What what am I doing? (laughs) Honestly, I didn't think the art went far enough in that regard to like sort of make me want to shape the look of the park around the pieces. The pieces to me all kind of looked the same. You know, the color palette was not super broad and, you know, everything just looked like green and green and blue, you know, water and grass or water and trees. And then, oh, cute little bears. Get in there. Are you going to complain about the board again? Okay, here we go. I was thinking about it. Here we go. Celeste doesn't like the board. Too slippery, too can't handle her oh my God. gyrations. They had a color scheme going with the type of plate, uh, the type of uh, places. Celeste, if you're a bear, guess what you want? Forest and water. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Maybe you're honey right. somewhere. And, and, and yeah. slow hunters. That's what <laughs> you want. <laughs> okay, it's time to decide whether or not to dig up or bury Baron Park. Joe? I think this would be a great game for um, adults to play with... Uh, family especially like older kids in the range of maybe eight to twelve that's why i'm digging it up evan how about you agree with joe simple game good for family night gaming claw it up (laughs) (laughs) mike how about you this game was deceptively deep and it was a lot of fun and also really cute so i say dig it up ed 
Uh, the Bear Park is a nice, lightly themed game. I was able to play this with my mom, and it's just enough choices to let you strategize the best way to build your park. So dig it up, because those enclosures don't build themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I found it mildly cute, genial, but forgettable. Um, and bears, eh. So I will have to bury it. Ed, where can you find this game? The MSRP is 40 bucks. Unfortunately, the game seems to be out of print at the moment. So most online shops are out of stock. You may find a copy at your local friendly game store. Mayfair Games was recently acquired by Asmodee this year, so maybe a reprint is in the work. In the meantime, the shelves are bare. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you'll have to just grin and bear it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. If you have thoughts about Baron Park, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our last game up this week is Redneck Life, designed by Lisa Bowman Steenson and Lori Dieda. Producer was Gut Bustin' Games in 2003. Number of players 2 to 6, ages 13 and up. Mike, what'd you think of the game? I think it's probably too childish for adults and too adult for kids. Yeah, and Evan, how about you? Redneck Life. This game gives you an appreciation for everything you have in life, especially your teeth. Ed, how about you? Yeah, it's kind of like life, you know? You go to school, maybe, get married, everybody wants to, right? And have kids, the more the merrier. What could possibly go wrong? Joe, how about you? Two strategy tips. One, spend more than you have to on your car. If it survives to be hocked at the end of the game, when you tally up all your money, you'll be glad you did. And two... If you find someone else's ride unattended at the monster truck show with the keys in the ignition, don't try to steal it unless you're really sure that no one's looking. Uh, There was some cleverness in the comedy here, such as the full-color photo cards of the awful Demolition Derby-style cars that you were required to purchase in order to have enough space to transport your ever-expanding number of youngins. (laughs) But before we get into that, let me tell you a little bit about how it's played. This game operates like most life games, where you take the role of a member of a group, you move along the board, and try to accomplish the goals and avoid the pitfalls. So the person with the most success by the time they reach the end of the board wins. In this case, the winner is the player with the most teeth left at the end of the game, because the score counter is teeth. I found this game at my local Salvation Army. I was drawn to the provocative and outrageous name on the cover, Uh, And the cover art, which attempts to humorously depict a redneck family going about their sordid and harrowing lives outside of their trailer, surrounded by the expected beat up appliances and furniture and broken down cars in the yard. What sold me on the game was its label on the box cover that proudly stated it had won the TGIF Con Game of the Year in 2006. And I subscribe to Sarah Silverman's thinking that everyone's going to be offended by something, so you can't just decide on your comedy material based on not offending anyone. So I thought, hey, if the game can win an award at a game convention, then it must have merit despite its potentially offensive subject matter. So it should be noted after this, though, that I looked up TGIFCon and it looks like it was kind of a fly-by-night convention that only ran for a few years. Um, not much about it lately. However, it did sort of have its heyday pre-internet social media. So that could be why there's not much about it on the internet. A lot of ways to lose your teeth in the game. Uh-huh. I ended the game with one tooth. I thought to myself, <laughs> why bother with one tooth? 
What are you going to do with that? This game is not only plays longer than advertised, it's about twice as long than I think it needs to be. And it feels twice as long as that. <laughs> uh, on board game geek is listed at 60 minutes and uh i think i have played games in about that amount of time oh man i don't know how because oh. really there are there is mikey's favorite mechanic which is backward momentum oh man right? oh yeah there, love there that. is some some of that there's also um so 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 much reading because this this game is all about the jokes that's really this really all this game has each box you land on has a funny joke about how you either gained some teeth, lost some teeth, got some money, didn't get some money. I do like the concept of money being pretty insignificant. Well, that's not insignificant, but it, 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 it's there. And, and But you always have a way of getting more money by taking payday loans. They have a big stack of payday loan to get. I generally don't like debt, and this game piled the debt on. I had 26 debt bills and about 10 bucks in my hand at the end of this but game. But at the end of the game, debt didn't matter. It didn't matter. So that's why money didn't matter in this game. Go ahead, Ev. However, as as the game was going on and the debt did accumulate, I couldn't help but think, gee, Mike must really hate this. He really <laughs> hates debt. Oh, I hate <laughs> so, debt. So my attention went to like how much Mike was not enjoying this part of the game rather yeah. than me concentrating on keeping my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again, Evan's entertainment from Mike and I losing our minds. <laughs> yeah, that's his favorite. <laughs> hey, thank you guys for being there. God, this game wouldn't have been half as fun as it might have been if you weren't playing. Yeah, I mean, there. this game, like the life of a downtrodden person, which this is representative of, I assume, um, it's full full of trials and tribulations oh it is <laughs> yeah uh, however you know the spirit of the game is one such that you just keep on going it doesn't matter keep on trucking yeah keep on trucking you so you lost another tooth so you're way in debt so you got more kids than you can carry in your oh car oh my gosh just keep it rolling four hundred dollars at least you didn't lose your car total your rig Saying ain't so. After just paying a thousand dollars for that fine vehicle, he flipped it. It was insured, right? Pay half price to replace it if insured. Is uh, it insured? If you need another rig. You're not insured, right? Lose a tooth and spend some time in the county jail. Each box has a, a redneck style joke about you know getting in a. Uh, fight or uh, dropping your kids off for, at the babysitter and never coming back for them because you just because you need to catch up on your soap operas, that kind of stuff. It kind of makes me wonder how an actual redneck feels about this game and its jokes. I thought the art in the game had really uh, lent to the the theme as well. The, the the display of cards to pick from your beat up Pinto to the like the monster truck. They had cars that were chopped up from other cars and put back together again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were photos, genuine photos, which I loved. Mm -hmm. Which means somebody actually did those things in real life. Those are real pictures. <laughs> Someone went out and took actual photos of cars in the right setting, you know, in, in the field of tall grass or, or wherever. Yeah. Well, to me, the pictures were better than the actual jokes. <laughs> First one. Oh, my God, I'm in a stackable. Wow. Woo, trailer condo, <laughs> yellow <laughs> unit. It's in wow. a stackable. Eight oh, 50. wow. Nice. Second floor? Yellow unit. I like it. Oh, look at that. It leads right out onto the yard. Oh, It's nice, nice for the youngins. Nice. They only got to go up and down one flight. Special. 
Yellow. I got the honey bucket bungalow with free puppies and everything. Yeah, they were funny, but Mike, you know, you can't say I like the photos better than the jokes. The photos were jokes. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I thought the written jokes weren't as compelling as looking at the actual photographs of this car that was hacked apart. <laughs> Yeah, the the photos were definitely like a Pinterest rabbit hole type of thing, and they were entertaining. <laughs> yeah. And it was cool to engage with them further than just looking at them, right? So we actually got to game with them. So that was fun. Um, however, there, I agree, definitely joke fatigue, because it mm-hmm. was just, you know, yeah, we get it. I love reading the text on certain spaces that your playing piece couldn't possibly reach. Oh, yeah. Because of the fact that you roll two dice every time. Like the one where you're injured in a convenience store, slip and fall, that wins you a big personal injury award. But you can't ever get to it. Yeah, because you're rolling two dice and it's on space number one after a mandatory stop spot. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, that was that was a good joke. A good joke yeah. was like all the best things that could happen to you in life are unattainable. Yeah, you know, that was a good, <laughs> a good piece of social commentary. Uh huh. Well, another thing I think in the game was kind of neat was that they actually suggest using your favorite bear cap instead of the provided pawn. And the jokes keep going down that line. Uh, mm-hmm. And I did certainly get joke fatigue. And yeah, I think this the path on the game, the actual track you have to uh, move through, is too darn long. Mm-hmm. It's your basic lifestyle race game. The outer part of the serpentine, there is 25 spaces on one side of the outer box. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. What are you crazy. doing? What are you doing to us? <laughs> yeah. So if your average die rolls a seven, it's going to take a while. <laughs> Almost everything that happens to you in the game is a luck based on a roll that you made. There's not really many choices to make. You can choose which car you want. Yeah, you can choose what car you want, what home you can get, but uh, there's not many early choices in the game. But there's also enough charts and procedures to make Wargamer fail at home. (laughs) I I mean, there were so many reference charts. A reference chart for picking your name, a reference chart for your career. Uh, Yeah, it was a bit much. You have, it has the illusion of control. You think, you know, you're starting the game. All right, I'm have a strategy i'm gonna get the fewest amount of kids blah 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 nope other players are gonna unceremoniously (laughs) dump all their kids on you (laughs) you lose all control basically i made sure they all had an extra change of underwear when i dropped them off there (laughs) and then i dropped them off like right before you were getting home (laughs) i went from like two kids to 14 kids like in in a matter of a turn and it was aggravating it really aggravated me yeah. <laughs> and I don't, and I don't get aggravated playing games. I very rarely. This one did. <laughs> oh, that's good, Joe. You you made Joe's day that he could aggravate you while playing the game. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Wait, where do we play Redneck Life Two? I'll, I'll I'll have my revenge. Okay, it's time to decide whether or not to dig up or bury Redneck Life. Ed, how about you? Well, this is the third time I played Redneck Life. Once was even with the designer, and I've had fun every time I played, and you might as well, but aside from picking your car, there's not really many choices. You're along for the ride. And so I'd leave it by the side of the road and take the tires because, you know, that's such as life. Bury it. And Joe, how about you? It was funny at times, and also fun to play. I'm a little skeptical of the replay value, though. I'm, I'm going to have to say bury it. Evan, how about you? Uh, it had its moments. The, the theme grew tiresome quickly for me, and I can't see recommending this to other people, even those I don't know. So into the ground it goes, buried. Mike, how about you? I had a couple clever moments, a couple chuckles because of the crowd I was playing with, but once is definitely enough. Bury it like that abandoned car in your backyard. Yeah, I mean, life games in general are not uh, 
my thing. And this one was just too darn long, uh, aside from the fact that the jokes got old. Uh, so I'm going to say bury it. You can find this game still at like Walmart online and stuff like that. It's all, it's all over the internet. It was, I think pretty widely published around 15 to $25. If you have thoughts about redneck life, let us know. We are at which game first on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, and that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you've done. If you'd like more perks and content from our show, including exclusive episodes, for just $3 a month, you can go to our website and click on Become a Supporter today. If you get a chance to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, it really helps others find the show, so please do so. Join our chat on our Discord server, Which Game First, and our Patreon supporters get access to exclusive channels. Follow us on your favorite social media. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Happy gaming, explorers. Good night. Turkey makes me sleepy. Mm, yeah. Turkey. Bring back TGIF Con.